0: y'all say it with me here? I'm always right. Now that, that, you know, that takes a little bit of stuff to say I'm always right. So turn with me to Proverbs, if you were. Chapter 28 of Proverbs. We're gonna pick up where we left off last week. Why are you in church this morning? We ask this question often. Why are you in church this morning? And we want to reiterate that people would say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And that is so true. That is the truth. But we find that you can't be a strong Christian if you don't go to church. Can all the strong Christians say amen right there? Amen. So we're learning to fix problems. Did you know the world cannot fix their problems? They just move from problem to problem, situation to situation. But we're problem solvers. We've got the mind of Christ. We've got the, uh, the mind of understanding, and we solve problems, hard problems. We solve them for the world. We certainly solve them for ourselves. So we uh, are learning in, when we break open the Word of God, we're learning to fix problems, and also to keep our life from being negative. Y'all know there's a negative life out there. Yeah. And being limited. Little life is what we say. Yeah. Little life. We say it takes all of their life to live their life. You don't want to be in that, where it takes all of their life to live their life. Uh, I saw this one time in, in Winchell's that was here for a number of years ago, the restaurant, and they had a little card up there that says, they have a problem for every solution. Amen. So, I know those people. How about you? So, here, let's just start out this morning and get a principle, get a bedrock Bible principle, a kingdom principle in our place that everything in God is according to a pattern. Everything in God is according to a pattern, and it's based on a principle in the kingdom. So when people say, you never know what God's going to do, they're wrong. They probably don't know, but the Bible says you can know, because everything in, in God is based upon a pattern. No new patterns. And everything in the kingdom is based on a principle of the kingdom of God. A principle would be like sowing and reaping. It works everywhere for everybody all the time, no matter what. You can't say, well, I'm not reaping, uh, and it's not fair, it's not working. Sure you are. We're all reaping because we're sowing. If you don't like your reaping, you gotta look at your sowing, yeah. And it's fair, it's just. One thing I love about heaven, going to heaven, is it's gonna be fair there. But if you and I will live by the Word of God, it'll be fair here. There'll be pressure. There won't be a devil over there. There is a devil here, but we've been given power over the devil. Y'all say amen. amen. We've been given power over the devil. So everything in life is in the power, is under the power of choice. You can choose. You can choose to go to church. You can choose to be a heathen. You can choose to live in the country or the city, get married, don't get married. Everything is a choice. But once we make the choice, we all become servants to that choice. So choose your master well. Because you will serve whatever choice you make. So the Lord wants you to choose life. I've put before you life and death. Choose life. Because then you'll serve life. You'll serve truth. You'll serve the master. And he's fair and your life will be fair. But if you rebel and buck up and say, I don't want no Jesus. I don't want no God telling me what to do. Well, you have that choice. But you will be a servant of that choice. Well, that was real good. You want me to say it again? (laughs) I wrote this down. Truth or chaos. Truth or chaos in your life is what's going to handle all of your life. So if you don't have truth handling your life, you'll have chaos handling your life. And so people say, I don't know why this is happening to me. It's because they have chaos or confusion in their life. But Jesus said, choose me and you'll have my mind. You'll have my will. You'll have my dreams. You'll have my power and authority. You'll live and not die. Everything will be wonderful. Plus, you'll go to heaven when this life's over. I think I'll choose him. But you wouldn't imagine it, but lots of people do not. They hear about the good news, and a lot of times it's because they've seen some gimpy Christian that uh, didn't live a good Christian witness, or they've heard about some preacher that ran off with the secretary or some elder, deacon, trustee, something ever. We all have a story. Let me just tell you, we've all seen that. But Jesus wouldn't do that, and Jesus didn't do that, so we have to stay with him. Even though people mess it up the truth is I have you have we've all been that same thing to somebody Where we weren't on our best and someone saw us say that word do that thing not do that thing And they were jilted they were put aside because of us So we have to be careful how we judge others Amen And so we're praying ahead of problems As Christians, we're praying ahead of problems. We're fixing stuff before it ever shows up because it's easier to fix stuff before it shows up troubles than it is to try to pray it back into place after it's already happened. Y'all know that life. I certainly do. Where you're always fixing what went wrong. Well, that's just life. Well, it is for most people. But the truth is you can have a life where the Holy Ghost just shows you pray this out. Take care of this. Bind this or lose that or whatever and you go. Okay, and then you go well nothing happened Yeah, nothing happened (laughs) The trouble didn't come the situation didn't materialize and you just keep on living that good life I'm trying my life for my personal self. I'm endeavoring to be at the right place at the right time with the right people I believe it's good counsel. I believe we could look every part of that up in the Word and say, that's what the Bible says. I want to be at the right place. Not a day behind, not even a day early. I want to be at the right uh, place and the right time. And I want to be with the right people. Because people affect everything. Relationships is the kingdom of God. You know, church has got the worst and the best people all on the same day. So does the world. Best people. There's lots of people that live better than Christian lives. Better lives than Christians. Did I need to repeat that? Better lives than most Christians. But they're going to bust hell wide open. Because it's not what you do with your life. It's what you do with Jesus. Jesus is the, he's the pinch point for everything. Live like the devil. But if you're born again, you'll go to heaven. Lots of people don't like that. But it's all about what you do with Jesus. Jesus. You got Jesus this morning. Everybody in here got Jesus this morning. Well, you're good then. Now, if you don't live a good life, you don't live a godly life, if you live a a rebellious life, you go, well, what's the deal up with that? Sounds like I'm going to go to heaven anyway. But you'll live hell on earth. Is that right? If you steal and get caught, they're going to put you in the pokey. Well, you're going to go to heaven, but it's going to be a hard Christmas. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So in Proverbs chapter 28, we're looking there in verse 1. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. Verse 1, ready, read. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. But the righteous are bold as a lion. But the righteous are bold as a lion. We said last week, uh, what kind of righteous man is bold as a lion? The man who knows he's righteous. Lots of people are righteous, but they don't know they're righteous. So they'll live and they'll say, I'm a worm. I'm a no good worm. God's mad at me. God doesn't like me. The reason this happened is because God opened the door, allowed this to happen to me because I've been bad and he wants me to be good and all that stuff. All that's just junk. The Bible says in Second Corinthians that it's the goodness of God that leads men to change. It's the goodness of God, not the meanness of God, of which there is none anyway, But it's the goodness of God. He's putting good in my path. He's putting good in your path. He's putting blessing in front of you saying, come over here, big boy. We'll we'll have more fun over here than in the devil's playpen. Come over here. And when we do, it's, it's just as good as he said it is. So a believer is failure proof. Failure proof. A believer is failure proof when he walks in the covenant of grace. When you do it like God says it is versus what religion has told you, what you feel like, what I feel like, we are failure proof. We will always have success when we walk in the place that God made us. We see that in marriage. We see that with children. If you get out of your place, if you start bucking up and rebelling and carrying on and I'm not going to, I don't want to come home every night and I'm not going to obey my father and all that. You're still a son, you're still a daughter, but it's not going to be good for you, is it? So we all do well when we stay in our place. And so I have to know who I am. When you and I know who we are in Christ Jesus, and that is the only thing we're studying, that's the only thing we're endeavoring. what What are you doing in church? What are you pursuing? To know who I am. What happened at the cross? That's all I'm, every problem is solved if I know who I am. What happened to me at the new birth? When I said, Jesus, come into my life, what happened? Well, you're going to heaven. Yay. But what about the several years, I hope, between now and then? There's a real devil in the earth. I said, there's a real devil out there, and he doesn't like you and me. And then there's mean people full of the devil, and they, they don't like you either. So there's trouble everywhere. The world's got a curse on it of poverty, lack, and shortage, of disease, sickness, and pain. those things are just, they're just in the world. But we're like Goshen was in Egypt. The sun's shining bright when it's raining over Egypt. Goshen is blessed. We're in Goshen. So if we stand to the blessings of the Lord, it doesn't matter what's going on around us, we're blessed. So we got to know who we are in Christ Jesus. What happened at the new birth? If you know that, if you know that, when you know that, nothing that so that if you hear anything else, you never flinch, you don't move, you don't say, well, I feel bad, I feel like I'm a worm. Well, yeah, we do. Sometimes we feel real wormy, but that doesn't have anything to do with it, because you can't take your temperature with the bathroom scales, and you can't find out how much you weigh with a thermometer, and you can't know who you are based on how you feel. You are not, I am not what I did. I am who he made me. We've all done bad things. And we don't want to know about your bad thing. You don't want to know about my bad thing. It's under the blood. But we've all messed up. We could look at serial killers and, you know, all sorts of bad people and say, those are bad. We've all messed up. But there's been forgiveness and Restoration. So it doesn't matter what you've done. You are not what you've done. You're who he made you. Y'all smile. It's good news. That was the good part of the message. Hallelujah. It it might get better. Hallelujah. (laughs) So when you're righteous, you know, the righteous man is bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one's behind them. They're paranoid. They're afraid. They're fearful. They're, They're skittish. Because God's after me or God's going to get me or the devil. However they believe, they're not looking for a good life. But the righteous that know they're righteous are as bold as a lion. How is that? Because we know how it turns out. The lion knows this is going to be okay because he's the head. He's the top. he's 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 at the end of it. Well, I'm at the end of it. You're at the end of it. Angels obey us demons have to flee in the name of Jesus We we can speak to mountains troubles Jesus said if you'll talk to it It'll move Don't talk to God about the mountain talk to the mountain about God So we know that The victory in your life is not waiting on God Well when God gets ready he's gonna good and ready he's gonna bless me now he's already blessed us. The Bible says he's blessed us in in, in in heavenly places. He's blessed us. What does it say in Ephesians? Oh, I shouldn't have broke broke open that can of worms. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, here it is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So I'm blessed. Are you blessed? I don't feel blessed. It has nothing to do with it. Get off the scales. <laughs> You're 98.6, but the scales never said a word about it. It's not based on how we feel. It doesn't based on what we did. Because if we get under the blood of Jesus, heaven doesn't even know what we did. That's what makes God God. He, he can forget when we can't forget. So if righteousness is the answer to our life, then uh, sin consciousness is the problem. If we are aware of what we did, and we've all did, I, I have did. I'm not telling you any of it either, but we've all did. We're ashamed of it. We're embarrassed by it. We're guilty of it. But the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover our sin like in the Old Testament. It washes it away. And when it's washed away, it's gone as if the bible says as if it never happened well that's amazing how can that be it's it's a faith thing you can't get around it in your head you got to get it down here you got to settle it down here got to settle it down here that's what the bible says about me that's what jesus did for me it's done settled finished complete it happened and now i am free jesus solved the Sin problem. He took it out of the way. It was an anchor. It was a weight on you and I. It was going to put us out. We were going to hell with it, and we were going to live a life of hell until then. But Jesus took it out of the way. Yay. First Peter. Would you turn to First Peter with me? First Peter chapter 2. The church has preached against the fruit of of sin. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't, don't run around with girls that do, that's what they say. Uh, they don't like what people do and they, they wag their finger at them and say, you are bad, you are so bad. And so that's what the church has always talked about. If you go to a church service, people even tell you, I don't think we really had a church unless the preacher stepped on my toes. Really? Well, I don't want to go to that church. I want to go where I get lifted up and encouraged when I can know the truth, when I know that Jesus has wrought me the victory, that I'm not just going to squeak into heaven. Maybe at the last minute, he'll, he'll say, all right, I'll let you in. It's none of that. We have sons. We have daughters. Most of you do. At least you, if you don't, you were one. We can't be separated from our family. In rare cases, somebody will get cranky. And say you can't be my son anymore, but that's not even true. They say things. They don't mean I've been told that myself someone told me you can't be my son anymore Well, it's because I got the baptism and the Holy Ghost and everybody was a little edgy about back then Hallelujah because nobody else had the Holy Ghost, but I got it and I was kind of vocal about it. I was kind of You know how it goes. Hallelujah so um, The the church preaches against sin and the fruit of sin and the fruit of unrighteousness, but yet the church never gives us a basis of how we can live above sin. I'm talking about the general church. It's just every week you come back and they talk about your sin. Okay, I'm going to repent of my sin. Well, next week, what are we going to do? Well, that sin, well, I already repented of it. I already got dealt with it. Well, it's still out there because you did it. Well, we can never get free. We can never get free if every week we have to come in and Go to the altar and lay down and waller around, squall about our sin, and it was grievous. It was terrible. I we, we can't hardly even believe we did it ourselves, but it's on the books in the sense of sin and condemnation of guilt and shame. But Jesus doesn't read those books. He didn't just fix it someday. He fixed the sin problem today. We all forgive our children. We all know things about our kids. It's like, <sighs> 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 but when they call and say, Mama, I'm coming for Thanksgiving, we put out another plate and we, we, we uh, yeah, it's okay. And that's, if it's that way with us, it's that much more with the Father. In Second Peter, First Peter, excuse me, chapter 2, we look at this scripture in verse 24 as a healing scripture, but it's, it's way more than that. It says uh, of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Says, who his own self bear or take our sins in his own body on the tree, on the cross? Who his own self, by himself alone, bear our sins in his own body on the tree? Why? That we, being dead to sin, dead to sin, say it with me, dead to sin. Can you be dead to sin? The Bible says that we, being dead to sin, what should we do being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed? Well, now, how's the Lord going to heal you? Well, he he's holy and there's no sinners in heaven. There's no bad people in heaven. You can't get in there and mess up God's house. Sinners would wreck heaven. So they can't go in. It's not that he's mad at them. It's just that he, that's his home. That's where that's where we are. And so, sin can't go in there. So we should be dead to sin, dead to sin. How do we be dead to sin? We look at the cross. Jesus, bear my sins, my sins, my sin, on the cross. He carried my sin away. He took it away. Well, yeah, but since then, I've sinned again. Well, you want to get on the cross again? No, it was an eternal work. There's people that don't even know Jesus. The Lord Jesus hung on the cross for their sin. So all they have to do is say, I accept the judgment that was on him, that was on me, that went to him. I, he did it for me. He took what I was due, and then I got what he was due. He's the righteousness of God. Well, that, that came to me. I'll know y'all got it when you just kind of move or flinch or your earlobes, you know, kind of flapping the wind or something. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So that we being dead to sin should live, should live, should, should activate our lives under righteousness. Well, I can't, I can't hope to be anything because I've sinned. I've messed up. You don't know my story. We don't care about your story because the story, everybody's story, has been washed away. He bare our sins in his own body which means he didn't just take on our sin, he became our sin on the tree, on the cross, that we having died to sin, that's the only way you'd live under righteousness is to die to your past, die to it. I have to say, I did that, but that's not who I am. I did what they said I did, but that's not who I am. You know, you can go out and... and, uh, and a four-wheel and get all mucked up and muddy and dirty and everything and come in the house and say, you are unclean. You're not worthy in here. You're not fit to come in my house. Get out of my house, you dirty thing. But if we get in the shower, who we really are shows up again. That's if you dance around in the shower, you know, if you, <laughs> if you get it all off. Well, were we different when we were muddy? No, it was always there. It's just that it didn't show. But it doesn't matter it didn't show. He took care of us. It's, so it's not what we did. It's what he did. And when I receive what he did for me, for me, well, Lord, I'm just a worm. I'm an unworthy worm. You can't do nothing with me. Yeah, you're, you're different than everybody else, right? You sin big sin. They didn't sin big sin. And, and there's a cutoff line or something. No, sin is sin. When you miss it, you've missed it. And he said, i got this. What do you think he meant when he said on the cross, it is finished? He bare our own sins and his body on the tree that we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness. Let, I knew you'd want to know, so I looked up what that meant. In the Amplified, it says that we might cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. Cease to exist to sin. Cease to exist to sin. The. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's I didn't write the other one down. First John four, 17. Don't go there, but let, it's, it'll be on the screen. Look what this verse says. Look what this It's in the B.I.B.L.E. Can you believe this is in the Bible? The Bible says, for as he Jesus is, so are we in this world. So are we what he was. I am. Who? that's a high standard. That's a lift up. That's more than I would have given me. Is it more than you would have given you? Truly. Nobody in here say, yeah, I've lived good enough to be like Jesus. No, you haven't. But as he is, so are we in this world. The, the new living says, because we, lo- because we live like him in the world. The uh, TEV, the today's English version. Ha, I got it. <laughs> uh, because our life in this world is the same as Christ. Now, you, you can't get your head around that. You go, oh, that's a mistranslation. That's some spiritual blessing or something. No. Just like he is, so are we. He was righteous. He never sinned. But my sin was taken away so that I am just as if I never sinned. So what's the difference? If you never sinned or if the sin that you did commit is taken completely out of the way, you both stand righteous. And that's what the word's saying. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, he could cast out devils. Demons are afraid of me. Well, he healed the sick. Lay hands on the sick, Michael, and they shall recover. Uh, He he always, he had so much money, he had a treasurer, a stealing, a thieving treasurer. My God supplies all my need. I'm, hey, take a lick up if you can. Uh, verse 24, The, the, the uh, I looked up the synonyms for that. It means to live the righteous life as Jesus lived life. It means to breathe. Well, there's nothing worse than not being able to breathe. Really. To be among the living, to be not dead, to be... Uh, To have true life that is worthy of the name that is over you and it goes on and on Who you have been made? I don't feel like that and you never will until you get in faith And when you know who you are in Christ Jesus Then and only then will you know what you have in Christ Jesus you cannot possess the having Until you, that's why people say, ah, my God supplies all my need, and they're broke as a church mouse. They struggle, they're always, because they don't know they're the righteousness of God in Him. So as soon as something, they need something, they immediately go to the worm mode. Or God would never give it to me, or I messed up yesterday, and it's going to take seven days for me to wear God out, for Him to forget how bad I am, so He might hear a little prayer of mine. All of this is bogus, all of this is feelings, all this is soulish. Y'all say amen. 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 So the word says who we are, but I don't feel saved. Do you feel saved? Sometimes do you feel saved, but you would fight for somebody to say to you, you sorry, buzzard, you're not saved. You're going to bust hell wide open. We'd fight for that. No, I'm saved. I'm going to hell, uh, heaven. But then ourselves will say, well, I'm a worm. I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to live a terrible life down here. There's something there that doesn't focus up. And it's it's called the truth. Romans 12:3. Oh. Let's go to Romans 12:3. You're right there close. It says in verse 3, this is this is going to answer anybody that says, "You know, I don't think we ought to be saying That that I'm always right. We ought not to be saying, I'm righteous. We ought not to be saying, as he is, so am I in the world. We ought not to be saying. And the Word does say in verse 3, I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. You know, that's good counsel. You ought not to think higher than you ought ought to, but you ought to think like truth. Well, what's truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, My word is truth. So, where am I going to get another witness that I'm the righteousness of God in Him, that as He is, so am I in the world, that greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world, that He always causes me to triumph in Him? Where am I going to get an affirmation or a witness that that's who I am? I got to go to God. He was there when it happened, I was not. You were there when you were one year old and you started walking, but you are clueless. Nobody in here. You were there when you started walking, but you have no clue of how it happened. Unless somebody tells you, somebody could tell you. Yeah, you took two steps and you cracked your head wide open. You go, really? Yeah, I look normal now. Well, we have to be told because we don't have a memory of this and we don't have corresponding experiences with this to say, yeah, I remember when I became the righteousness of God in him. It's called the new birth. When you got saved, that's when it happened. But you are a long ways from feeling that thing. Romans 12, 3 says, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, let me just give you a little saying on that. I'm, I couldn't find a better word. I searched for a word, but I came up with arrogant. Maybe that's not the right word. Maybe that's too strong. Maybe it's too weak. But... At least it is arrogant to think of yourself above the cost of the blood of Jesus. For us to exempt ourselves out and say, I'm not the righteousness of God. I'm, I'm not as he is in the world. Well, the blood of Jesus, what had to be supplied for us to be like him. So if you say the blood of Jesus wasn't good enough to get me up to that level. I'm still flawed. I'm still a sinner. I'm still a worm. I still fall short of the glory of God. Well, yeah, we all mess up still. But just because you're, you're, you're in the garage doesn't make you a car. Amen. And just because you mess up doesn't mean you're a sinner. You're not even an old sinner saved by grace. I'll ruffle some feathers on broadcast. Hallelujah. It is arrogant to think of yourself above the price that caused you, that that was given for you. It It is to trivialize the price to take a lower station than what God Almighty has said about you and me. To say I am not who he says I am, I am someone lower, is to trivialize the price that it took to get me from that lower place up to who he said I was. I am a son of God. Can you say that with me? I am a son of God. Well, now, what does the son of God, is he different than God, the father? Is he, is he some wormy thing? God, the holy God, made some wormy thing? Or did he have a son and a daughter just like the father? Now, we don't act like it, and we mess up regular. So we're not saying we don't sin. This is not a church that says we don't ever mess up. We're just saying that down in here we're sealed at the new birth, we were sealed down here, and sin can't touch here. Now, it'll mess with your head, and it'll get you in all kinds of trouble. And you can get addicted to things. You can, you can get immune to things. You can die young. All those things happen because of sin, but it doesn't change what happened down here. The new birth happened down in here. Out of our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's down here that's safe. What time is it? It's 1030. Get a new clock, Michael. It's not. Hallelujah. It's 1130. (laughs) The Moffat says that that we... Let's see the scripture that we're on. I'm back at verse 24, 1 Peter 2, 24. The Moffat says that we might break with sin and live the good life, being dead to sin and should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed, that we might break with sin. How many of y'all want to break with sin? How I want to break with sin. Well, can you can you not ever sin again? Well, obviously we're going to mess up. I say this is just me that you can't do things even today that you used to could do when you first start out. You you were doing all sorts of stuff and there was you were a baby. You were a little child in the kingdom. And so we were doing everything we ever did. Our flesh was the same. Our mind was the same. So if we wanted to do that like we used to, we just did it. And God didn't say, whoa, Jack, we don't do that anymore. He never mentioned it. But now that we're growing up, he's talking to us about things that he didn't talk to us about before. Y'all say amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. The New English said, so that we might cease to live for sin and begin to live for righteousness. The Berkeley said that we might abandon our sins. So what we do is we get clean from our sins. We repent of them. First John 1 John 1:9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Is that true or not? If we confess our sins, if we agree with God, what I did, what I didn't do is against heaven, against me, against the calling, against my wife, against, against whoever, we agree with him. We pour out and say, God, I agree that what I did was grievous. But if the Bible says, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and 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 to cleanse us out of our head, out of our soul from all unrighteousness. So if I'm clean from unrighteousness, guess what I am? I'm righteous. I'm righteous. If you get rid of the sin, well, I did mess up. Yeah, you did. Sure, we did. We all did. We still are. But he said you can get clean from that. How do you do it? You confess it. If you're unwilling to put words to it, it's like it's like a wedding. Those people that just think the covenant. We're married. Yay. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll give you this truck for $10,000. Okay, let's just... Okay, it's done. There's no contract, there's no covenant, there's no transaction. It's what we everything we do sin goes out of the body through the mouth and salvation comes into the body through the mouth. If we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. This could turn this could get good just a second. But i got to ask the question, this is valid, how can we say we don't sin? How can we say that we're always right, I'm always right, when obviously we aren't always right, that sometimes we are just flat wrong? And a lot of wives can testify to this, uh, you know, like, oh, you, don't tell me you're right again. And it goes back to what we said. We are not what we've done. Point with me and say, hey, you. I am not... What I've done, I am what he's done. So there's a transaction there. There's a substitution on the cross. He became sin with my sin so that I could be righteous with his righteousness. There was a transaction there, an identification. He identified with me in my sin so that making a way for that I could identify with him in his righteousness. Therefore, as he is, so am I in this world. Jesus solved the sin problem. Christians don't like it. Preachers sure don't like it because that's how they keep people in tow. That's how, come, that's how they get something to preach. They get up and rail about drinking or smoking or doping or whatever they do. I don't even know. But they get up and they wail on it, you sinners! And everybody goes, yeah, that's me. I did it. I will not do it anymore. And so then they say, oh, we had good church this morning. A pastor just stomped us. He just, he called us out. He's like, no, we didn't. We already knew we messed up. You don't have to have have somebody paint a sign and put it in front of you and said, I bet you've messed up this week. We don't need anybody to tell us. We already know we messed up. We already know that we're not happy with what we did or didn't do. We're already sure this was not in alignment with who we are. We don't need a preacher to tell us that. We need a preacher to tell us, but Jesus solved the sin problem. Yay. Praise God. The enemies of righteousness in your life and my life, if thou shalt confess thy sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's no unrighteousness down here. The unrighteousness is up here. Guilt, shame, condemnation, rejection. That's where it is. It's not down here. I'm born again down here. It doesn't matter what I do or don't do. Now, this is going to this, this be a little pull on some of y'all. No matter what you and I do, it does not affect who we are. I know lots of churches like to draw a line. It says, well, if you commit adultery, you've crossed the line. You ain't going to go to heaven because there's no adulterers in heaven. I'm not an adulterer. I'm in the garage, but I'm not a car. I did it, which I didn't do. Let's just get this off of me. (laughs) Let's, let's, Let's get it on somebody else. Johnny Bob did it. But that's not who he is. He's, the Bible says, he's the righteousness of God in him. Is his flesh messed up? Is his soul guilty? Oh, absolutely. He's in torment. He's in agony. He's a uh, castaway. You and I, we don't, we, we get condemned. But he says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we confess out, God, I did this. I agree with you, it's sin. I agree with you, the blood of Jesus is cleansing me from all unrighteousness and that I am restored. Therefore, I walk away from this as if it never happened. Now, you go, what's that all about? It's called faith. Faith never gets to confer with feelings. Faith never says, how do we feel about that down there? Because your feelings are going, I didn't feel anything. We don't feel righteous. We don't feel, we don't feel good. We feel terrible. Oh, well, that, that must be how it is. That's the, taking your temperature with the bathroom scales. It's just not a reliable measure of your life. Turn with me one more time to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Last week, we talked about the survivor syndrome or whatever you call it. Where people that have been to war, served in Vietnam or the Gulf War, or uh, was in a fire here at home and and uh, and got out, but you know a little brother didn't get out, or what else could we say? Someone suffered, and we didn't suffer. And it's that survivor thing that says, I feel bad because I came home from Nam, but my good friends died over there. And so they're guilty. They feel bad that they survived. We said it this, Christians, we get in faith about the word. God answers our word. He answers his word in our word. And we begin to prosper. We begin to have dominion over sickness. We begin to solve problems that other people are just still under because we have the mind of Christ. And we begin to to be blessed. Would y'all say now versus five years ago, you're blessed? Oh, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. But people that are saying, well, I'm a Christian. Why is God so happy with you and not happy with me? It's because I cooperate with him. He loves you just as much. He loves us the same. We're both going to be at home with him in heaven. But down here on earth, you got to cooperate. The law of seed time and harvest is working. So the man that sows and blesses and, and pours out of his life has a different outcome than the man that says, I ain't giving nobody nothing. I'm locked down. It's different. The man that forgives. And boy, there's some Yankee people out there. I mean, Yankee... Yanking people out there that don't forgive, it's like, I'm not forgiving them. And if we knew your situation, we'd say, that is tough. But if you can, you'll live higher than if you don't. Are y'all getting this? So it's not the same, but those same people will come to you and say, it's not fair. It's not fair, God's blessing you and not blessing me. Sure it is. If anything about heaven is true, is that it's fair. Would y'all agree heaven's fair? We know that's the cool thing about heaven is it's fair, but it can be fair down here. It's not fair in the world. The world is so unfair, so unfair. They pick people because of their money, because they're pretty, because they can do something. It's not fair. But you and I can get into fair by living by faith because it lifts us above the world. The world's still going on there. It's still competition and comparison. It's still mean people. It's still all those things. But we can live above it when we live by faith. Well, they're still going to criticize you. But it doesn't matter. You've got to know who you are. In Philippians chapter 3, are you all there, verse 9, it says, uh, let's go to verse 8, but yet countless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. So Paul was saying, I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. It doesn't matter what happens to me. But then he said, but I do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And here it is, verse nine, and be found in him. Would you point to yourself and say, be found in him. Be found in him. Well, you're born again, you're going to heaven. There's nothing that can take that away. But here on the earth, if you want to have victory, you got to be found in him. What does that mean? Be found in his word. Be found forgiving. Be found using your faith, speaking to the mountain. Be found in him to, to not think I'm a worm when the Bible says you're not a worm. And to be found in him not having mine own righteousness, mine own righteousness, which is of the law, what I do, But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. It's a faith thing. you got to say, I believe the word more than I believe my feelings. Believe my memory. Believe my experiences. Believe what daddy told me. You'll never amount to anything. You're sorry, little ding dong. And whatever else they said. Your first job, you messed up, and they said all sorts of things about you, or whatever, whatever. And so you have that. Well, that doesn't take faith. It takes faith to live above that. I may have done what they said I did, but I am not what they say I am. I am categorized. I am identified. I am named by the Lord Jesus. I am bought with a price. I let him tell me who I am and no others. So therefore, now, here it, here it comes. I'm always right. Because even when I'm wrong, I'm still the righteousness of God in him. The, the, the passion says of this verse 9, it says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Because we all fail that. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith i got to live above feelings, live above condemnation, live above shame and guilt. The new century says, now I am right with God, not because I followed the law, but because I believed. Got any believers in the house? Got any righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in the house? That ain't Got anybody that let Jesus solve the sin problem for them, for us, right now? The sin problem is solved. Well, I'm working some things out. Nope, the sin problem is solved. We're not working things out. We're not negotiating with God saying, I'll never do that again, Lord, or I'll go overseas and serve you and I'll, I'll work the soup kitchen if you'll forgive me. Nope, I just confess it and receive forgiveness and restoration And it's as if I never sinned. So when we sin, and then we go back and tell God, I'll never do that again. And we go back to him and say, Lord, I know I said I'd never do it again, but here I am. He has no idea what you're talking about. It's a first timer for him. And you've done it nine times and gone back to him. Because I've said foolish things. I've said foolish things like, God, I'll never do it again. That's self-righteous. Like, I have power to stop that. I didn't have power to stop it the first time. All our power comes from him. So if you meditate shame and guilt, and it's easy to do, you're going to bury your future. You'll be like one of those mamas that got caught on TV and their, their dog got burned up or in the house it's burned down or whatever, worse than that. Or didn't come back from the war. That'd be a good one. Mamas that have sons that don't come back from a war. And they say, I'll never get over it. Well, we just check you out right there because you won't be of any use to the kingdom from then on. You're going to live in a place where God can't help you and God can't work through you because shame and guilt, condemnation, rejection, that's all over you. We got to say this was challenging, but thank God my God is bigger than this challenge. I will recover all. I will recover all. Was it hard? Absolutely. Why was it hard? Because I had to get off of my head and get down here where the word says who I am. I had to live by that versus living by my feelings. I have to forgive by that way. That man did me wrong. That person, that company, they jacked with me, and I was two years recovering from it. Man, we hate it. Your story is important. But I'm going to tell you all, we all have a story. I have a story. I can tell you about preachers and elders and deacons. I can tell you about good Christian people that hurt me. I can tell you, I can, I can do all of that. It's irrelevant. It doesn't make any difference because it's what I'm going to do with it that's going to determine whether I live or die. Not what they did, but what I do with what they did. How I react is how my life's going to go. Not what acted against me, but how I react to what was acted against me. And that's my choice. And I'm going to be the servant of whatever choice I, I pick there. So I've got a story. And we, we could say, you could say, let me tell you your story. But about halfway through, we'd have to stop you and say, ah, that's no story. Let me, hear, let me tell you my story. And we'll all crank up a bigger story. And it doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord of all stories. It's just the devil. If you took a crayon and marked up your wall with a green crayon versus a red crayon, are you saying that's different? Your walls are still marked up. It doesn't matter what he did to you and me. It was of hell. But Jesus conquered that devil that came from hell. So I'm telling you, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death, the law that says the man who sins shall surely die, the law of the, of the life in Christ Jesus. He's in me, therefore his life lives through me and through us. Let me just ask y'all, isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. I mean, he just fixes everything before we even get it broke, before we even know it's messed up. He's like, I already fixed that. Really, Lord, I'd like to complain about it for a few days and and carry it around and suffer and hee-haw, this and that and the other. He said, no, I already fixed it. Shut up. (laughs) Quit that barking. Quit that whining. No. I'm telling you, when I went through an old Billy, it was as tough as I've ever heard. I figured out, on the third day, I figured out, I said to myself, now I can drag this on for six months, and anybody would say, I had to drag on six months, too. That was terrible. I said, you know, but at the end of six months, I'm going to be coming out of it. I'm going to work it out in my soul and get used to it and adapt to it. Or I can go down into this realm, the word realm, the realm of God, and I can just say, I get over it right now. I get over it right now. I get over it right now. So that's how you have to forgive people. You have to get over it right now. Well, I'm gonna let it wear off for a while. I'm gonna see what they do with it. Now, you're gonna live a miserable life. It, they, they, it'll be no fun at your place. We will drive by instead of going to your party because we don't want to be in that party. So just decide. You're gonna decide to have your needs met? Well, I'm a worm, and God's not gonna be doing anything special for me. You a worm, you. That's wormy thinking. God's just as happy with you as if you had never done it. He's not affected by that. He's not affected by what we do. He's affected by what we did with the Lord Jesus, period. Now, I know religion doesn't like this, but period, he doesn't care what you and I do. Now, you go, well, then let's sin. Let's drink and smoke and carry on. Well, now, sin, the wages of sin is death. So even though God gives you a pass down here on the earth, you're going to be locked up and your driver's license taken away and no custody of your kid. It's going to hurt down here. Yeah. But you'll, you'll bust heaven. God's so proud of us. We're his own children. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, let's just wait on Holy Ghost just for a second here. We got a minute or 10. Hallelujah. And we'll just see what he wants to do. He's, he's in charge of this service. This is his service. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Does somebody here have something wrong with their jaw? The mandible, the, the, the jaw. There's a pain in your jaw. It's, it's uh... you got a... You got a little jaw thing? Tell me what's going on. Okay. Well, turn. Turn around, Deborah Ann, and just lay hands on her. Just stay. In the name of Jesus, we speak to this jaw. The Lord knows all about this jaw. He called it out. So, Lord, we thank you for caring for Angela. And we speak grace to her jaw. We tell the pain to go. We tell the trouble that's causing the pain to go. Be gone in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. That we can be dead to sin and live under righteousness. By your stripes we are healed. We speak health and wholeness into this woman of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you, you can report back to us and say, It's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's see if there's anything else. That was fun. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I love to pray for jobs. Who needs a job? Oh, Miss Sinna, you need a job. Anybody else need a job? Well, there you go again. Miss Needy self over here. Got her (laughs) hand up and every... (laughs) She's not going to like me tomorrow, but we laugh today. Okay. How how many of y'all need a better job? Anybody need a better job? Okay. Was Lisa, was that you? Okay. <clears throat> Let me read you the scripture. Hang on. Broadcast. We'll be right to you. In Genesis chapter 31, Jacob had a job, and his job was to work for his wife's hand, Rachel's hand. And to do that, he had to work for her daddy for seven years. And after he got through with seven years, he got the older sister. I don't know how that works back then, but I think I'd have noticed. (laughs) And... (laughs) And Daddy came back and said, well, that's just the way it goes. We, we, we don't do young sister till we do old sister. And so uh, he said, well, I want Rachel. And he said, well, seven more years. And so after that seven years, here came another little thing. And uh, let me see if I can find it. Ah, yeah, here, here it is. Well, I don't see it. Uh, but what the verse says was, Jacob said, after it was over, Jacob said of God, your father changed my wages seven times, but God did not allow it to hurt me. You know, the story there is, is, is uh, Laban said, well, you can have the spotted sheep and the, and the speckled joke uh, goats and something that never happened. He said, that's your pay. And suddenly, everything came up speckled and spotted and ring-staked, whatever that is. And that's what God wants to do with you. So in the name of Jesus, if you need a job or a better job, put your hand up. In the name, if you're on broadcast, put your hand up in Jesus' name. We pronounce and say that this world system shall not have dominion over us. And in the name of Jesus, we qualify for a financial flow into our life. We qualify for a finance. It says he gives seed to the sower. So, Lord, we thank you for these sowers having a flow of finances into their lives. And, Lord, I call in a better job and a new job supplied by heaven, doors opened by heaven, conditions made fast by heaven. I call that in to these people that have their hand up And anybody that just said, I need one, but I wouldn't raise my hand. I loose that into their lives, that doors are opening, windows are opening, opportunities are coming through, and in Jesus' name, you will have an opportunity for a new job or a better job, and I, I release right now, God, the discretion, wisdom and discretion to watch over them, to recognize it when it comes, to see it and to seize it. And in advance, we give you all the praise, Lord. And let's everybody in here just raise our hands and say, thank you, Lord, for my job or my new job or my better job. Lord, thank you for a flow, a financial flow into my life in the name of Jesus. We receive it. Hallelujah, amen. Now, I tell you, God's a good God and he's not a slacker on this saying, ah, you you might spend it wrong. I'm not giving you this. That's wrong. He doesn't do that. He, you might spend it wrong, but he's pouring out. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, I bless you. I bless you because God's blessed you. Take this word and be, be right. Be right. Just, just hold them, those whiners, Job's friends, just hold them back and say, you're wrong. I may have done what you said, but I'm not who you say. And be righteous in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen.